Make more birdies. A bottle of bourbon, a little glass, and some ice. This is not a tip. This is a prescription, trust me. Mm. If you don't, you will fall out of balance. Welcome to Birdies and Bourbon. Sit down and have a sip. Welcome back, everybody, to the Birdies and Bourbon Show. Uh, we're happy to have Eric K on with us from Holmes Key Rum. Uh, we're going to get to uh, we're going to have a little rum tasting and get to know the uh, the Holmes Key brand a little bit. Eric, thanks so much for coming on with us. Thank you, Cal and Dan. Uh, happy to be on. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Um, it's going to be fun. Yeah, we've uh, so this isn't our first rum show, even though it's called Birdies and Bourbon. If we called it Birdies and Rum, it doesn't really have that ring to it. However, what we've kind of figured out is, uh, you know, there there are some rums in the world that uh, that drink a lot like whiskey. And, and that's really what's kind of got us on this rum kick, if you will, and, and kind of venturing down the roads of, hey, what should we be drinking if we want a little, maybe a palate refresh or we want something a little different? And, you know, maybe I don't want to go the typical cocktail route, although you could. Uh, you know, what's a good spirit that I, I may want to kind of venture into or start to experience and um again you'll see you know i've got a bottle and, and thanks so much uh you know for y'all sharing some of the uh, the homes key samples with us um it's uh it's really intriguing and you know i, I sampled the bottle reached out and y'all were nice enough to come on and share some of your time with us but uh you know just making a fantastic product and we wanted to spend some time and and get to know uh get to know homes key and uh you know what's uh, what's happening with you guys Awesome. Well, yeah, basically that's why, you know, we got into this and, you know, two, it's been two years now and I've been drinking rum for you know, 20, 30 years. And I've always known that it's as good as some of the best whiskeys and bourbons out there. But in America, rum has the perception of being the party, the Bacardi drink. It's what you use to get, you know, cheap slushy frozen drinks. And that's about as far away to rum as like fireball is to a 25 year old McAllen. That's a good yeah, that's really the equivalent. Yeah. <clears throat> and I would travel to Europe where there are a good 10 years, if not 20 ahead of us in the rum scene and the Caribbean, I would go a lot and find all these amazing rums that were just not available here not being brought here. So I'm like, how hard could it be to start bringing these barrels in and me not having a spirits industry background at all. I had no idea how hard it actually was to do this. Uh, but you know, I was too far in by the time I realized that this is really going to be, you know, pain to do, uh, especially at a small, you know, the first I wanted to bring in a few barrels of Foursquare because Europe, you know, he had just started bringing in some Foursquare rums and the Europeans were getting these amazing 62% Foursquare aged rums. And I'm like, let me try a couple of barrels. Richard Seal was a Foursquare was nice enough to let me import a couple of barrels and shockingly they immediately sold out. You know, I had no idea if there would be the market really in the United States for $150 rums. I know I liked them. I didn't know there were going to be, you know, 500 other people mm -hmm. and apparently there were. <laughs> so then I thought, Hey, you know, that was the safe pick because he was already, you know, getting Fred Minnick and called him the Pappy of Rum. So right. that was, if I, if I was going to lose my shirt, you know, that was sort of the safest bet not to lose all my shirt. <laughs> and then, you know, it said, Hey, you know, there is a market for people who really want to try these rums. And, um, 
One of the reasons I really love rum so much is it is by far the most diverse spirit. You know, it has to be made from sugarcane by definition. And then when you're in that, it can be made from fresh cane juice, like the agricole style in France. It can be made from molasses, like the traditional Jamaica um, Barbados realms. Or it can be made from cane syrup, where they boil down the, uh, the juice a little bit. Which they do a lot of uh, Nicaragua, Guatemalan rums. Uh, so you get really unique profiles. And a Barbados rum to a Jamaica rum to a Guyana rum to a Fiji rum are completely different, you know, far more diverse than a scotch to a bourbon to a Canadian whiskey. Um, and you've got, you know, it's much more pot still, column still, aged, unaged. There's just so many different flavors you can uh, get out of the sugar cane. So I've been a huge rum fan for that reason. Um, and the people that we really sort of resonate with other than the rum drinkers are the whiskey drinkers because mm -hmm. for the most part, at least the way we like it, it it's a brown spirit. It's aged. Um, it's either tropically aged or continentally aged, uh, which absolutely affects the, uh, the flavors of them, whether it's been aged all in the tropics or all in a lot of, a lot of rum is being aged in England and Scotland. Uh, which is, you know, goes back hundreds of years of tradition that would ship, whole boats over to Europe with uh, rum and they would just age them at the uh, London Navy, the rum docks. Um, so uh, I lost my train of thought. You were going to say something, Cal? Uh, well, yeah, I, I guess. Yeah. So sorry. Yeah, didn't mean to, uh, didn't mean to cut you off there, but I, yeah, I'm just thinking as you're kind of talking about that and when you're, so when you're talking about selecting barrels, is that a, mm -hmm. is that a proper uh, a yeah. term to use? Right. And, Absolutely. and, and yeah. So, and you've mentioned, you know, we've talked about Jamaica, Guyana, uh, mm -hmm. Barbados. We've talked about these different, um, different areas, all, albeit all tropical, if you will. Uh, but, but they still have their own kind of, uh, 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 microclimates, right. Depending on where they are, you know, what is it, you know, inland, is it coastal? Is it an Island? Right. Is it, you know, part of a, uh, part of a, a larger, larger land base. So when you're kind of picking these things out and I mean, do you have a mindset of what you're kind of walking into from a, so I, I'm going to Barbados and here's what I, I'm, I'm going with a, a Barbados pick and, or a Barbados barrel. I know kind of what I'm looking for. Are you looking for some unique stuff along the way of, Hey, I, I, I know that, you know, with, um, uh, let me hit on, uh, some, I'm, I'm going to sample the 2003 Guyana right now. Mm -hmm. And I know that there are some probably overarching, uh, flavor profiles or foundations that I'm going to get out of the Guyana, but are there some nuances that you're also looking for when you're kind of selecting and kind of steering that down the path you want it to go? Absolutely. There's nuances. Um, and as you said, certain countries definitely have distinct flavor profiles. And then within those countries, like Guyana, they have these historic stills, uh, these 200-year-old stills that have very unique flavor profiles. So even within those, you get a certain um, differentiation. And then on top of that, um, you really want to see if it's tropical versus continental aged. Um, in the tropics, you get a tremendous amount of angel share loss. Uh, our Belize rum until they insulated the warehouse, they were losing up to 10% a year. Wow. You know, wow. Just incredible angel share loss. So you get this heavy, heavy barrel influence 
and dark color. Um, whereas something aged in Scotland or the UK, you know, you're getting three, four percent maybe. Um, so an eight-year-old tropically aged rum is the equivalent of almost a 15-year-old scotch in terms of the barrel influence. So, um, and everybody says older and older and older, but in the tropics, you generally don't want to go too much beyond 15, 16 years because you get too much of the barrel influence on that, in that tropics, you know, we call them the termites, the the rum fans who love the heavy wood influence. Um, whereas in, if you're sourcing a barrel that's been aged in England, you can go 20, 22 years without having that heavy over oaked, um, kind of rum. It, but there's a market for that, though, for the, for the over-oaked? I mean, it, it, it exists or not so much? You know, there is, there's a market for everything. You know, I, I never thought there would be market for quadruple IPAs that have been hopped to <laughs> Jesus, but, you know, there is. And, sure. and there's been extreme rum drinkers as well who there's been the quest for esters. You know, esters are the organic compounds that go along with the alcohol that give it a flavor. Jamaica rum is known for having, you know, medium or high esters. And there are people who have sought out higher and higher, you know, Jamaica, you can't legally sell it if it's over 1600 esters per uh, hectoliters per hectograms per liter. And they released, there's a couple of Jamaican rums that come out right at that 1600 limit. And they weren't intended for drinking. They were intended as perfume ingredients, Mm. as, you know, blending ingredients to ship into bulk. They were never intended to be drank straight. And there are people who like said, oh my God, I love this. And, you know, you take one whiff of that, it'll melt your head off. Um, (laughs) And yes, there's a, there's a real market for super high ester rums. Um, Personally, I would rather drink something a little more balanced than something meant to go into perfume and fry your head off. But there's people that absolutely love them. Mm. Very cool. Yeah, I, I guess with anything, right? I mean, you've got the kind of the extremes, and then you've got the uh, you know the the moderates that are trying to stay within some kind of uh, some kind of guardrails there. So, right. So Barbados is not a, a country that's been known for high ester rums. That's not their thing. Whereas Jamaica, you know, some of the distilleries have muck pits and dunder pits, and they mm. really play that up. Mm. Um, <laughs> That's why you get that sort of rotten banana, overripe banana in a lot of Jamaican rums. The funk, the ogo is what they call it. Um, oh, sure. But a lot of that, is, yeah. And uh, the funk isn't necessarily such a bad thing, right? I mean, no. wild, tur- wild turkey's made uh, made a hell of a, a whiskey out of it, so out of the funk. I so. love I love funk, and I'm not you know. And there's nothing wrong with esters. I just avoid the extreme, which I equate sure. to the, who can make the hoppiest beer. And, right. Um, so it's not so overpowering of it, right? Yeah, it's yeah. still, you know, it, it's good as an experiment. And, um, but, you know, it's not the be all and end all. People say, they want to know how many esters. And, you know, to me, the number of esters isn't as important as the, the flavor profile. How, right. how do you like uh, it? How does it taste? Yeah, and how do, yeah. That's the important thing. Yeah, that's the th- you know, a lot of people are getting hung up on, um, I shouldn't say a lot, but it, it's it's kind of circling around. People are getting hung up on tasting notes and it's like, well, do you like it or don't you like it? And 
I think you've got kind of two paths you can go, right? It, and and I'm a fan of the tasting notes. I like to do what we're mm-hmm. doing right now, which is which right. is have a drink, talk about it. What's you know what don't you like? And again, take open it up tomorrow and drink it. You may get something that's you know that, that you didn't get today, or or vice versa. So you know, I, I think that's the fun thing is well, of course I like it. I'm still drinking it, um, but it's you know w- what are you enjoying about it? And I think this is a great way for us to be able to share with others that's like well, hey, I'm a I'm a bourbon drinker. I'm a scotch drinker. I'm an Irish whiskey drinker. And it's like, well, okay, well, let's start to talk about what you like. And what am I picking up on some of these things that, um, you know, and most people think I would say right outside of, you know, Bacardi 151, the, you know, the, the hunch punch back in the day that you would make, uh, <laughs> you know, I think most people think of rum as a, as a lower ABV. Uh, I've got to mix it with something and there's not a whole lot of flavor there. And it's probably because you're drinking and I'm not knocking any, any of the labels, mm-hmm. everything has its own place and its own seat at the table. But it's like, if you, you know, to, to kind of expand or broaden your palate, if you start to go to, um, and you, you'll help me with the name if I mess it up, but the Guyana, oop, the yeah, I flawed. I flog. I knew I'd mess like, it up. Uh, I flog. Yeah. I flog. Uh, 2003. I mean, this thing is is absolutely fantastic. It's 102 proof, and you would have no idea that this is 102 proof uh, spirit that you're drinking. Mm. Yeah, I, I love that one, and that's one of their old. So Guyana was a very big historic rum producing country. They had a number of distilleries supplying a lot of the British Navy rums. And over the years, as the sugar estates and distilleries were closed, they were all consolidated and bought by Demerara distillers, who now have, um, you know, 19 or 13 different stills, including nine of the historic stills that are, you know, 200 years old. Um, that's one of them. That's a famous 19th century French Saval still. Mm. Um, the, you know, almost 150-year-old column, metal column still. Yeah. Um, And not, not trying to, but I could explain this from a, you know, if I were to talk about the, you know, the tasting notes, I could explain this just like I might explain a rye whiskey or a bourbon just with the, it's like a, this huge honey bomb, uh, on the palate. I'm getting this, um, uh, it's like banana daiquiri kind of almost for me, you know, it's like a honey dip banana. If I could put it into, you know, name one thing that this reminds me of. And that's exactly what I'm getting is honey dip banana out of this, which is fantastic. It's kind Dan, of, were you able to get some or, no, or we just, no, no, Cal's, Cal's tasting tonight, but I, but he's making me <laughs> okay. really jealous because that sounds delicious. We'll have to send you a little care package. Um, <laughs> that sounds so good. Yeah. <laughs> this is AJ from Pioneer Golf Co. And you're listening to Birdies and Bourbon. That's so good. So, you know, we're going to be going through, uh, through a couple or through four expressions. So again, we've mm-hmm. got the, we got a Guyana 03, a Barbados 09, uh, a Barbados 05. Is that the one that, um, that was recognized? We'll get there in a minute, but. Sure. The Barbados 05. I didn't, yeah, I guess we sent you that. Um, the, uh, the 15 year, or I guess, uh, does it say on the label? That's a Guyana. 
I believe. Well, so I, I'm assuming you don't have a lot of this one because it's handwritten on there. So yes. I'm okay. yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a special, uh, special. Treat. Yeah, that was the, uh, that was our first release. So actually you might want to drink that one next. <laughs> and then, and as you pick through these, you know, or as I'm mm -hmm. going through these expressions and as far as like data goes, I mean, did, was there, so this, uh, the Barbados 05 was your first release. And, and, yes. and, and then as you progress through, I mean, what was your kind of thought process and here's where we want to go next? Mm -hmm. uh, so we put out the Barbados and then I followed it up with two rums um, from Fiji and Guyana. Uh, the Guyana, the Port Morant, which is one of the ones we'll be tasting. To me, that's the most iconic still. If there's such a thing as a famous or celebrity still, that's the one. It's it's a wooden pot still, a double wooden pot still. So two enormous wooden bats made of green heartwood that only really grows in Guyana. Um, it's been in operation for 250 years, and they replace the wood section by section. You know, as the, so you never get it all replaced. So it always has some of the wood, and it, it has such a unique profile that you can identify a Port Morant. <clears throat> and distill it, you know, blinded easily. Hmm. Um, they use it in a lot of the Eldorado blends as a component. Yep. Um, and to me, whereas if I were to say the four square Barbados rums are ones that bourbon drinkers really gravitate towards, mm -hmm. the Port Morant still is one that whiskey drinkers, hmm. scotch drinkers love. Oh. It's It's got an almost peaty, earthy, um, you know, it's like an Isla almost. Hmm. Uh, or a mezcal, so it, it really is a you know a grassy, earthy, herbal, peaty. It's a it's a great spirit, and it is so completely different from the Barbados, um, and well known that I thought that would be a great one. And then the Fiji was, you know, that was sort of the big grasp for us because I at first had Fiji rum. Oh, from it was a 2001 Samaroli bottling, which is an uh, Italian Scottish Italian independent bottler, and I thought it was incredible. I'd never had Fiji rum before, and I hadn't really seen it since. And when I saw that there were a couple of barrels available from 2004, I jumped, and they were—they're not cheap, you know. They're more expensive than the Barbados and. It had no reputation like Foursquare behind it, but I'm like, this is really fantastic rum. Mm. So I took a chance and immediately sold out the barrel in like two weeks and rushed to get you know another one as quickly as possible, <laughs> which ended up making Rob reports you know one of the ten best rums of the 21st century. Oh wow! Right? The uh, the Fiji release it came in at number nine of the 21 best rums of the 21st century Ooh. so far. Wow, that's a bit of a um, wow. That's, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just an incredible, and th this is not a historic distillery. It was founded in eight, 1980, mm. um, and it's owned by the local Coca-Cola bottling company of Fiji. <laughs> um, but they and they've got a pot still and a column still, and they, you know, managed to make some incredible rum oh, out man. of Fiji. Very cool. So. What? Um, so those what, were our I mean, next two. What, what, was there anything significant there that kind of, that, that, uh, what, what do you think did it? You know, lightning in a bottle. I have no idea. They managed to, you know, and what we chose was just pure pot still. They have sure. pot and column. 
and they they really managed to make some really good. They've been doing it for 25 years at that point, and they managed to you know barrel some wonderful pot pot distillate that uh, aged really nice in the tropics. Mm. Yeah, nice. And then, and as I'm uh, kind of pouring this next uh, next one, uh, Guyana 05. That's the Port Moran. Uh, That's the one, the wooden pot still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I can't get over this uh, this Barbados 05. I mean, that's really making me uh, want to reach back in for a little more of that. At 128, I'll take it easy, but um, it, it, you know, it, it does. I'm getting off of the um, this Barbados 05. I mean, that mm-hmm. is finishing like a nice uh, cast strength whiskey, man. That that's like, yeah, really, really good. Right, and that's why he's getting so much acclaim from the bourbon world mm-hmm. and. Yeah, you know, I think you had Bailey on from Real McCoy. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, you know, he's basically sourcing amazing four square rum, bottling it down there with Richard Seal. Uh, so it's really in that same world. We just were the ones to put it out at 128. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How often do you get it? Do you get a chance to go down much? I know we were chatting a little before the show, but uh, do you, you get a chance to go and, and visit? Uh, I have not been down there since we bottled. Uh, I've made it. I haven't been anywhere since uh, in the past. Hey, nobody year. has. <laughs> nobody has. You know, I got to go to Belize. I'm supposed to head down to Jamaica uh, shortly. So there will be more traveling as now that we're all getting vaccinated and things are opening up. Nice. Uh, there will be more tastings and flights in uh, my future. <laughs> right. So I'm going to, sh- uh, the port cast could be fine. So I don't know if for the folks that will be watching, uh, mm-hmm. so I don't know if you can see the difference. So this is the port Marat and then, and this is a, ca- um, it's a, it's a port finish. So hopefully that's not mm-hmm. confusing, but right. the reason I wanted to show these two from a comparison standpoint, uh, Eric is, so the port Marat is, is a very, very light rum versus and this is in a port cast so you know maybe it took a little influence from that but even so if right. i go back to if i got enough left in the glass even the 05 barbados is significantly darker so mm-hmm. what's uh, what's happening in the port marat that's making it this uh, and it, it's i wouldn't it's definitely not a white rum it's a mm-hmm. light rum it's kind of this honey yep. golden hued uh kind of hay hay color so what's mm-hmm. the what's the significance that's uh, that's given us uh that profile uh, the significance is that rum is almost entirely aged in the UK. Oh, so you're not getting a lot of that. And I believe that one was in a recycle. It's an ex bourbon that had been a recycled rum cast. So it was ex bourbon. And then some rum was in there soaked up a lot. And then, you know, so you're getting a combination of a recycled rum cast yeah. along with purely they call continental aging. So you're not really getting as much of that really heavy tropical humidity barrel influence. Yeah. Age 15 years in an ex bourbon cask. Yeah. Yeah. And that's one, one of the big misnomers is that color and age have absolutely nothing to do with each other. You know, we can show you a two year old rum that is twice as dark as that. And a, you know, that 15, 16 year old rum that is that light straw color. Mm-hmm. Um, most, yeah, that's one of the things some people really sort of rankle over is when recipes call for dark rum, light rum, because they're really so, di- you know, what is a white rum? Is it a Bacardi? Is it a Ray and Nephew overproof? Is it like a real funky Hamden rum fire? 
Um, and then most dark rum is generally two to three years old with a bunch of food, you know, caramel coloring added. Right. So yeah. Dark rum is really kind of meaningless as a, as a descriptor. Um, so are you filtering for, are you filtering out any color in this? No. So it's coming no. out. I, I know you don't add anything to the rum. No, um, we do not filter. Okay. Yeah. So this is, this is straight as, as uh, out of the barrel, right? Some of the ones like uh, our Belize rums, you know, we put a really thick, like almost a cheesecloth filter to get out some of the barrel particles. Right. You're, you're losing that much, but there's absolutely no, no carbon or charcoal filter. Yeah, sure. Yeah, so so I see what you're saying now. This uh, the Pormorant is completely like to your point in a blind tasting. Put this out there, and I'm trying to. I'm going to have to go back and look through some notes and see what I've drank that uh, that you know if I if I have had any. Uh, but yeah, this is um, equally good, but vastly different. Uh, than the first two expressions that I had. So it's, yeah, this is, uh, did you, this was the whiskey, uh, you would, you'd hand this yeah, to a whiskey. Yeah, that's the one that Scott, yeah. Scotch people love that and mezcal people gravitate yeah. towards that. Mm. Yeah, I think uh, I smelled this on a trip to Oaxaca one day, but it was, uh, <laughs> but it was, it wasn't rum. So yeah, right? I can, yeah, yeah, I can totally see that kind of, that smoky, earthy. Um, yeah, that's, uh, that's pretty crazy. Mm. And, and it's all from, and you're producing on, uh, so you're, squ uh, sh you're processing the sugar cane. Um, when I say processing it's you're, you're using, um, you're pressing the sugar cane and using the juices is being used to make this right. Uh, not personally, but in no, Guyana. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Still, sure. Yeah. 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 I wish I was around 15 years ago in Guyana to, to actually press that cane, <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's molasses based rum. So, you know, they grow the sugar cane, they turn, they boil it down. Molasses is the byproduct from the sugar production. And they use that to make the rum. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's like total, that smoky, uh, to your point, that kind of, um, uh, yeah, that whole smoke process on the finish in this thing. And it, it doesn't on the path, it's like just on the tip of the tongue. I don't get that, but is mm -hmm. it, you kind of, is it kind of, you know, processes and you take it in. And I mean, talk about, uh, I mean, you really start uh, salivating on that thing, man. I mean, that like, really <laughs> starts working the mouth over. That's uh, that's tasty. A true scotch drinker there. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I'm actually going to save a little bit of this and put it beside like, uh, I mean, I'd be interested to see like, this would be good against like, I don't know if, if I do it against like a Lagavulin, uh, like a 16 mm -hmm. year or something that may be a little over the top, but you know, pull it back just a little bit. I think this would be a good a good pairing to go along with, you know, if you were trying to do like mix some stuff up, you know, and you wanted to do like a whiskey and a scotch and then a rum, this would be a yeah. really good one to have. And, and it would hold up. I don't think it would get, as long as you didn't get too crazy on the scotch side, I think you mm -hmm. could, um, you could really start to kind of pick apart the differences and go back and forth and move through those things. I think you could fool some people thinking that that was actually one of the uh, scotches. <laughs> a nice international with, flight you got there, Cal. That, well, <laughs> I, I make, I'm making notes over here. I'm making notes. Which, which one is the whiskey? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And, hey, we said no curveballs, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, you could see really just in the two Guyana rums alone how vastly different they are from the same distillery yeah. with the different stills. 
Is it weird? I mean, I guess I'm kind of weird, but it's it, it's crazy. I'm getting almost corn off the nose on this thing. And when I say corn, it's like the sweetness of the corn. It's not really the corn, mm-hmm. you know, not corn in itself, but just, you know, if you think about like creamed corn and the sweet smell that you get off of the, like the right. liquid or the juices of it, like I'm totally getting that on the nose and there's no, cor- I mean, this is, this yeah. is all molasses right here. There's no corn <laughs> in here whatsoever. Exactly. Just, uh, you know, it might be the green heartwood gives it some corn notes, but, yeah. you know. Hmm. Interesting. I'm sorry, Dan. I, this must be torture. <laughs> well, he's making me salivate, you know. I'm making him think he'll get that banana ice cream later and everything else. And no, I'm just kidding. Dan's working on his COVID-15. We're, we're, we're sending him down the food route versus the, uh, yeah. versus the whiskey route. I'm trying to get rid of my COVID-19. Uh, all right. So I'm stepping over and which, and this is the one that I was most excited to get to. And then hopefully we'll have some time to, uh, mm-hmm. to go back and kind of, uh, talk about these and talk about what's next for Holmes key. Mm-hmm. Um, so sure. this is the port cast and I, I don't, we've talked a lot about other brands and, you know, the ideas we're talking about, about Holmes key. But again, I think that I, mm-hmm. for, for me personally, I think it's good to associate, um, or some rums with other whiskeys or bourbons that people that, you know, traditionally people may kind of go towards and, and likewise talk about maybe some mm-hmm. other rums that people may go towards and say, Hey, you should not be drinking that straight probably. Cause it probably doesn't taste that, that good straight. <laughs> right. there's, there's a reason there's a, uh, an Island Oasis with all this syrup and sugar in it to drown out the flavor of the, <laughs> of the whiskey. You just get the buzz. Um, but this port cask and, and I'm a huge fan of, uh, of, of barrel finishing. And it seems like it's catching on really, really quick in the whiskey world. Uh, well, I shouldn't say quick. Mm-hmm. It it's taken some time for it to catch on, but now that people are like raising their hand being like, Hey, I like finished whiskeys. Everybody's kind of getting on the, everybody's, you got to do one now, right? Yeah. If you're, if you're a mainstay, you got to do one. And once they do one, it's like, okay, well now we've started something then you got to do a bunch of them. And, and I think in the rum world, like this is not foreign that you're finishing something off that that's, that you're pulling out those uh, may, maybe some additional flavors other than what the rum's providing. Right. right. Yeah. And, and that's so, well, traditionally rum has always been, rum has always been aged in ex bourbon casks. Right. Um, because you know, they don't really make, they don't have a lot of good Oak down there in the Caribbean. So they would import it. And since bourbon can only be used once, there's a whole bunch of, you know, extra bourbon barrels floating around, which the rum producers just glommed onto. Mm-hmm. So all rum, or not all, but most rum has been finished in a in a bourbon barrel. And sure. people have said, you know, let's experiment with. Uh, it started really with the fortified wines. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the sherry, the sherry, the port, the Madeira, and people are now experimenting with all sorts of, you know, other barrels some less successful than others. Um, <laughs> but this one was our first experiment with our own, you know, secondary maturation. Um, you know, the thing finish versus secondary maturation to me, anything under six months or eight months is a finish. Uh, anything, you know, finished for three months or less is just marketing. Cause you're not really going to get any barrel influence in three months, unless you leave like two or three liters of port in there or sherry. <laughs> Um, so these were in for a full year. We bought these barrels at the same time as the 05 Barbados and we bottled the 05 and the 09. We immediately just put into 
quart barrels for a year and let sit. Um, and that, you know, the original goal on those was the first four square exceptional cast series was their port cast finish that came out about four or five years ago at like $35, $40 a bottle. And now if you can find one, they're like five, $600. It's like the unicorn, the rare early, it was their first special release. So I wanted to see if we could recreate that. And, you know, I completely failed miserably at trying to recreate that flavor profile. What we came out with is nothing like it, but equally, you know, to me, I think it's good in its own way. It's just a very different rum. Um, but I, you know, I love it. Unfortunately, we have no more of it. You know, the good thing is we've got another batch that's aging right now that uh, come September, October, we'll have uh, another five barrels of this available. Oh, cool. Yeah. Uh, a whopping five barrels. I need a ticket. Dan and I yeah, need a I, ticket I, to be getting the line. I mean, that's the thing about rum is we're still so minuscule compared to the world's bourbon and scotch. And, you know, a, a thousand barrel, a thousand bottle release is a big yeah. release at that price point. You know, it's $70, $80. Um, the rum world is such a microcosm, especially when 70% of the whole world rum sales is, you know, in the U S is Bacardi, Captain Morgan's Malibu, you know, is the majority of it. Yeah. But wouldn't you, wouldn't you tie that back to it? it we you talked about this a little earlier when we just started. I mean, it's kind of marketing, right? I mean, it's like that, I mean, that that's the punch and, and people, yeah. it's like, if, if I, if I go and tell people there's really good rum out there that you don't need to mix with something, then what does that do to every, the foundation that we've established? Me personally, I don't think it really does that much because I think mm -hmm. the you've got a foundation of drinkers out there. It's like flavored vodkas, right? I mean, how long yeah. are flavored vodkas going to be around? It, well, after we're, we've moved on and, and, you know, right. they're, they're going to exist. And it's like, Hey, what flavors next? You know, just keep creating it. But I, I think that that's the, I mean, it, again, and that's why we wanted to have the conversation is because by the way, this is like, um, uh, pour this over an, a, a big cube. Uh, I mean, if I needed to, I don't need to dress it up, but if I wanted to, mm -hmm. I could probably put some, uh, some bitters in there of some kind and hand this to somebody and say, Hey, yeah. here's a rum old fashioned. I don't even, have, but I don't have to add any sugar. I don't have to just some bitters and uh, garnish with a, uh, you know, a cherry or a peel or whatever you want on it. And you're golden, man. I mean, this is like cocktail in a, in a bottle. <laughs> uh, I, I love that rum. Um, goes good with dark chocolate too. Oh, nice. I, Absolutely. Yeah. That, uh, yeah. that, that port definitely finished it off. Yeah. would finish that off. Nice. So, you know, what's, um, what's the wildest thing you've done? In, not personally, we're still on the rum. Uh, but, but what's the, I mean, as far as, so you said, Hey, we're going to do this port. Uh, we're, we want to do this port finish and you had kind of a, a vision. You wanted to go down a road mm -hmm. you knew you knew where you wanted to go. And, and it turned out, uh, I would say great. Even, even though it may not have yep. met your original expectations, it still was, it's not like it's salvageable. I mean, this is actually, yeah. I mean, it's, it's outstanding. Um, what's something crazy that you've done. That's like, I don't know if this is going to work or not, but let's do it and see mm -hmm. how it goes. That, that was the first one, you know, up to, up until then. And most of the things since has been, you know, let's, let's not, screw with the rum, you know, let's find amazing, well-produced rum and just bring it to the world as is without adding sugar, without 
you know, proofing it down to 40%. Um, so this was the first one where we really rolled the die and, you know, we're doing it again for next year. And, um, we've got one that's going to be a barrel pick right now that we just dumped some more Barbados, uh, four square into a first growth Bordeaux premier crew barrel, mm. wow. which is much trickier than a fortified wine barrel. Um, How you so? know, port, sherry. um, because you run the risk of getting sulfur contamination. Um, the, the wine barrels also, you have to use them much quicker. You know, we flew those barrels here rather than shipping them. Mm-hmm. Um, Fortify spirits barrels, be it, you know, ex bourbon, sherry, port cast, they last a little longer because there's been, you know, higher proof alcohol in right. there. When you're taking a lower proof wine, you can get bacterial uh, contamination. You can get sulfur coated in there to make it last longer in the barrel. So you really have to know what you're doing with a wine barrel as opposed to a you know a fortified wine or a spirit barrel. Mm. So this one we're really crossing our fingers and hoping you know hoping we did it right. <laughs> well, how, how do you know? Um, you just yeah. wait and see. Yeah, you you taste it every uh, you know you taste it every month or two. Uh, and make sure it hasn't gone bad. And, and if you know you if you taste it starting to go off a little, you immediately just pull it. And, yeah, I think yeah. once you get it going, though, right, it should be. I think it would be pretty good. You, you probably wouldn't know within the first couple of tastings if it's going to go or not, right? Yeah, you know, and it doesn't always work. Um, I tried a rum that I'm not going to, you know, mention, but it's a, a really you know historic. PD kind of tasting rum and they, they aged it in the Sauterne cask and those two flavors really just kind of did not work well together. Mm. You've got the really sweetened Sauterne dessert wine mixed in with the smoky PD rum. Uh, and it was, it was really not a successful experiment. It didn't turn into sold. bananas foster. <laughs> no, it did not. And of course it sold for like 300 euros a bottle over in Europe. That one didn't come here. Mm. Wow. Um, but I, yeah, I've been trying not to screw things up because we're still so new and you know, I'm not taking too many risks yet. You know, hopefully this, this uh, Bordeaux cask will turn out. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that's and at our size, we can't really afford, we don't have, you know, a warehouse with 2000 barrels of rum. So, you know, if we screw up one or two of our rums, that's, you know, a good chunk of our mm-hmm. good chunk of our earnings for the year. Mm-hmm. What I was going to ask. So where, where do you, so you, the, the barrels are getting shipped to you and are, well, uh, let me ask that. Are, are the, are the barrels getting shipped to you and then you're putting them in, or is the rum getting shipped to you and then you're putting it in the, the barrels that you're going to age it in? So we've been doing a few different things depending on where the rums are coming from. Um, in the case of the Barbados um, and the Guyana, we shipped the barrels to New York and bottled them there. We shipped the wood. For our Belize rums, we're actually bottling those down in Belize. So we fly down to Belize, we choose the cast, we bottle it there and then ship the bottles up. Um, some of our other rums coming in. We have a, a couple of great rums coming from Africa this year. Really, which I'm really excited about um, some from South Africa, some from Mauritius. And uh, for those, it was easiest to transfer the barrels into 250 liter plastic drums and ship those. 
um, dealing with exporting wood from, right. you know, Africa is a pain. Yep. Bugs so it, and it was, critters and yeah, stamps and all sorts of things. Yeah. So it's, uh, so those barrels are on their way. They're on the slow boat from Africa, literally. Um, so those were four barrels we selected and then transferred the barrels to, um, uh, to, you know, 250 gallon plastic barrels, and then we'll bottle those. Uh, the, the South African rum, I'm really excited about. Yeah. It's, uh, it's called Mahoba. It's a single estate. They grow their cane there. They do fresh cane juice, uh, into a pot still small and small batch. Uh, and what we've got is four year old rum that was aged in South African whiskey casks. Um, and they, he does a really funky higher ester rum, anything higher ester than we've done before. Um, again, a completely different, unique profile to the Jamaica, to the Guyana. So, you know, that one we're really excited to put out. And then how do and you get, that yeah. How do you get turned? So like, so you wound up and I, if, if somebody would have said, Hey, we've got, uh, We've got African rum coming over. I'd have been like, eh, bullshit. I don't even know if that exists. <laughs> it's probably called something else, and you've labeled it as rum. I'm not, that's not what, but uh, prior right. to this conversation, right? And mm-hmm. so, how did you, how do you get turned on to, so that, and, and it was a new experience for you, correct? Yeah, I, I had known of this rum for a couple of years because, you know, any of the producers, the new young producers that are making waves, you start to hear about. Um, and I got to try some a couple of years ago in the UK. Okay. And, you know, originally when we started and had no track record, no experience other than drinking rum, you know, I had to basically beg and say, Hey, can I do this? Can I use your, and now as we've gotten a little notice, uh, the distilleries are reaching out to us and saying, Hey, would you like to do, you know, a release from Australia? Would you like to do one from South Africa? Oh, um, nice. It's been wonderful. A couple of them, you know, I've, I had to say no to, um, because the rum is, you know, they'll either add sugar to their rum or they'll, you know, lie about their age statements and transparency is pretty important. Um, there's a lot of shenanigans that goes on in the rum world. Well, I mean, I think the most important part to, to add on to that, I think the most important part is it, it's, and forget the tasting notes is do you like it or don't you like it? Yeah. Uh, outside of that, it's like, well, if I say that I like it and you mentioned earlier, we had Bailey on and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's, it, I, I think that that's, that's a real key that, that, uh, that you all are hitting on in the rum world is you're disclosing, I don't want to say too much information because I don't know that there can mm-hmm. be, it, it may be irrelevant information from a, from a lay right. person. That's like, well, what does this mean? And what do I do with it? However, you know, what, once you, if you're working someone through their, uh, through their, uh, their, their spirit, uh, progress, not the spirit world, that's a young guns quote, mm-hmm. but, but if you're working someone <laughs> through that, you know, kind of their, their progress and how they're progressing through spirits, it's like, you know, for me, again, back to the, um, uh, the Port Morant, to, mm-hmm. to your point, like if it didn't, if you didn't tell me that that was rum, I don't know that I would have nailed it as rum. If somebody would have just said, Hey, we're going to drink this. Uh, we're going to here, I'm going to pour you a glass of something. I don't know if I would have said, Oh, this is rum, man. This is great. Uh, <laughs> it, it, but again, if you don't tell everybody what's there and what's happening, 
I don't mm -hmm. know how you help me navigate my way through my drinking experience so I can you know, expand my portfolio. And there's people that don't want to, you know, maybe I don't want to grow, right? Hey, I, I'm a Jack Daniels mm -hmm. guy and all I want is Jack yeah. and, give, and give me the Coke and no diet, you know, and then I'm just going to stick with that. And that's perfectly fine. But there are so many other good um, spirits. And, and especially from, from a Holmes Key standpoint, I mean, I've had four expressions and they have been vastly different again, but equally good. And I, I would have a hard time. I'd have to pick it on like my, uh, like how am I feeling today and what do I want to taste versus, Oh, with this, Oh, well, I like this one better. I like this one better. And I'm like, I, I couldn't tell you which one I liked better other than maybe I'm like, Ooh, I like the cast finish. I'd probably go over here, but Eh, well, but I could go, you know, I'd probably go over here because, uh, you know, I like, I like the port cast finish, but this one is so like such a, I don't, a palate cleanser is a bad term to use, but it's just such a refreshing different, like if anybody's ever had Bacardi 151, <laughs> get, uh, if, if this is available, or if you can find it, go get this. And it tastes nothing like Bacardi 151. <laughs> Absolutely nothing, but it's, um, yeah, that's probably what they were trying to accomplish. Just, they couldn't do it. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if that made sense, but it does. And that's, that's really what we're trying to do is bring this world of rum to, you know, the American people who really haven't had access to it and don't know how good it is. Mm -hmm. Um, and it really does hold its own. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's such a venture, uh, in a different direction, but also similar back to, uh, everything that's sitting on the shelf behind me that I don't think, I mean, there may be a couple bottles that I probably wouldn't serve you. I'd be like, eh, we're going to put that in a cocktail, but, uh, you know, everything else I'd be like, yeah, here you go. But yeah, it, it's really enlightening to see kind of where, um, where the rum world is going. And, and I think state, I mean, I'm glad to see you guys are kind of staying the path and staying where you're going. And it's, I think it's a matter of time, right? I mean, I, I think that, that it's, it's going to, it has to catch on because there's, it's too good. Uh, it's just, it, it's got to, we got to create a buzz about it and you got to get people hearing that, Hey, it's like, what? Oh, I don't have to, I can go to the bar and order a rum neat and nobody's going to yeah. be like, what, what that guy order? It's like, yeah, I didn't order, you know, you know, said label or brand. Like I ordered a specific, you know, I ordered homes key or you, you, know, you can go through a list mm -hmm. of others that are aged and matured and, and, and done correctly and appropriately. And I think that really gets us to a good, uh, a, a good spot to uh, say not to unseat anything. I don't think that's the, 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 the goal of the mission. I think that's a, an undertaking in itself uh, that probably doesn't ever happen. But yeah, I think if you're, you know, if you're not experiencing, uh, you know, the, these, uh, you know, these expressions or, or similar, I think you're really shortchanging yourself. And then to go back to a bourbon or whiskey and then to kind of compare the two, you know, as I mentioned earlier, like I'm definitely going to put this up beside a scotch and, uh, and, and give it a, do a review on it. Cause I think that's totally a, a solid, uh, that, that's, that thing is, yeah, that's amazing. Absolutely. So, so what's, what's coming up for Holmes key, man. So coming up, um, one thing we're doing, there's a, there's actually a great rum podcast called the rum cast. And, uh, 
They did an episode with the master blenders in Amsterdam who've been blending rums for 300 years. And they sort of did an exercise if they wanted to create a rum. And I, I heard this and I'm like, you know what? You went through this exercise, send me the samples. And the guys in Amsterdam sent me some, uh, four blind samples. And I got on with the Rumcast guys and we all, all three of us <clears throat> chose this one blend, which turned out to be a Fiji rum, uh, of course, uh, a young Fiji rum. It's only, you know, two to three years old. And the plan is to just put it out and bring it a little more accessible, you know, 92, 94 proof, hmm. um, and price it, you know, under $50. Cool. So to really try and build, so that is going to be coming out over the summer. Um, we've got the South African rums coming and we've got, um, the, the next batch of the podcast coming this year. Um, and then the following year, we've got some of the other African rums from Mauritius, uh, a bunch more Jamaican rums. We have two other Jamaican rums, you know, night and day different from that one that you've got right there. Oh, really? And, uh, one of the things we're working on, which isn't quite ready yet, is uh, as opposed to a single barrel, a continually produced rum that we can sell year in, year out. Mm -hmm. you know, we're always going to do the six or seven single barrel editions per year. Um, and then to have alongside of that something priced under 40 bucks that you can make a cocktail with and not feel guilty that you're mm -hmm. wasting your $150 bottle of rum. <laughs> So we're hoping to have that out by October or so. Oh, cool. Um, all willing. Still um, coming from, uh, still produced from Jamaica? No, the uh, the blended rum is going to come from uh, three, there's really three historical rum traditions. Uh, there's the British style, Jamaica, Barbados, Guyana, which is molasses, pot, column still. There's what's called the Spanish style, which was produced in a lot of the, you know, Spanish speaking countries, it's primarily column still. Uh, and then there's the French style, which is also known as agricole, which is made with fresh cane juice, um, column stills, and gives it a really earthy, um, grassy herbal notes. So it's going to be a, a blend of those three cultures. Mm, um, nice. and mm. that will hopefully be out in the fall. Oh, that's really cool. That's cool. Yeah. So what's your favorite, um, uh, you, did you got into this thing, like from a travel perspective or whatnot, where, what, uh, give us a story about something, the blue you away going into your ventures here. Oh gosh. Um, going, well, well, there's a couple of, there's a couple of great rum stories. Mm. Um, we got time. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, gosh. Um, so one of the great rums, which, uh, had, was uh on the island of antigua which has one distillery they make english harbor rum and uh a few others and i was asking around and they said yeah you know you want the good rum go to bushy's and i'm like who's bushy and i said well bushy is the postmaster in the village of Bolins, you know <laughs> which is a little village in the middle of the island and they're like yeah he sells it out of the post office uh, yeah. So I took a taxi, you know, into the middle of Antigua, uh, the Bolins, which is like one street and, you know, a couple of shops. And I, you know, I said, is, is Bushy here? And he's like, who's, who's asking? I was told to get some of your rum. 
He said, oh, yeah, oh, okay. And he, you know, goes down underneath the, the post office counter, pulls out a couple of bottles of this, you know, his real name was Angelo Barreto. Mm. He was like Bushy's best mature rum one in nine. It's his blend. And I think it was $8 a bottle. Mm. And it was some of the best rum I ever had. It was just incredible. You know, everybody in the island knew you get your rum from Bushy. And apparently in the old days, there was about 10 of these guys, you know, that throughout the island all made their own blends. And he was the last one left. Mm. Um, And unfortunately, Bushy passed away about four or five years ago. Uh, and took the, uh, you know, his family may have the recipe, I'm, you know, hoping to get it somehow, somewhere. I would love to re-release that rum because what he did was he would source the rum from the uh, Antigua distillers, which is the only distillery on the island. And I don't know how he aged it or what he did to it or what, he, what you know, marks from the blend, but it was a phenomenal rum. And that's one of those lost, uh, lost rums. That's a great story, and uh, that's that's so cool that 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 you have that experience, and I hope you do find it and connect with the family and regenerate it. You know, yeah. yeah. I mean, that, that his name is there. on a bottle. You know, I mean, it's like uh, you know, Bushy's blend. Exactly. Yeah, uh, you know, if we can get the rights from his family and the Antigua Distillery, I mean, they they must have the recipe at the distillery, but. Uh, Again, that's you got to be there. Yep, very cool. That's a great story. One I haven't been able to travel to yet, but I was able to meet him and taste in London. Um, there's an amazing Japanese guy in the north of Japan who makes rum. Um, Yoshi is his name. He makes small batch, you know, possible rum under the name Nine Leaves. Another phenomenal rum. You know, I've been saying, you know, Yoshi, please, can I get a barrel? He's like, I'm too small. I, you know, when I'm here in London, nobody's home making the rum. It's just me, and I'm selling all of it. I'm like, but, you know, we can bring it to the United States. He's like, I'm selling all of it as is. I don't need to get to the United States. So, you know, there's a lot of these artisanal rum producers around there that are, you know, around the world in unusual places making great rum yeah they got that craft and quality and just a dedication towards excellence and who knows how long their family's been doing it and yeah that's just those are amazing stories and cal quit no you cannot go to japan or london right now no no uh you know there's some great rum in the last few years coming out of scotland um interestingly enough yeah a lot of the whiskey makers are now you know experimenting distilling rum and doing a really good job of it so my, my ignorance, but are there a lot of, uh, I don't hear it. I don't taste it necessarily, but are, are there rums that are going into, uh, use scotch barrels? Because I mean, scotch, I mean, they're using those barrels over and over and over and over yeah. again, right? They're, they're, so do you get anything out of that scotch barrel that might lead you to that kind of, you know, the, the port Morant that we were doing, which has nothing to do with the barrel? Yeah. It, you know, it's, it's been tried and never successfully, you know, okay. for some reason it's not a marriage that really works as well as the ex bourbon. Yeah. And the barrels are more expensive as well. So, you know, there's a lot of people doing not a lot, but there are independent bottlers trying things in scotch casks, but the, the sweeter, the fortified wines do a better job. The Madeiras, the sherries, the, um, the ports, Mm-hmm. Those are traditionally the, the go-tos for secondary uh, aging. Mm. 
Yeah, a lot more of that sweetness, yeah, that I, higher, a little bit higher yeah. alcohol, like you said, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's been some tequila casks which have, you know, been completely unsuccessful in my mind. With the rum. Just, you know, yeah. tequila is tequila, rum is rum, and they don't play well together. No, I don't think I can name a cocktail where I would mix the two together. Eh, maybe I could do like a mezcal, maybe. A Long Island iced tea. I don't drink a lot of those. So. Uh, I may drink a lot, but I don't drink a lot of those. Uh, so, so, you're, so you're in the White Plains area. Mm-hmm. Um, domiciled, but so any, um, any like, uh, must finds, right? So we're, I don't know who we were on with the other night. We were on with Alan Katz and, uh, we were mm-hmm. told, so, and I'm like, Hey, you gotta, if you're ever in Rome, you gotta go to the Jerry Thomas project. You know, it's a bar over there, whatever, anything in your ventures that, uh, that kind of like you, you wouldn't know about it. You know, everybody knows if you're in Napa, you got, or Yountville, you got to go to French laundry oh, or hoc, depending on your budget. It, but I'm talking wow. like in your travels, like where would I not even find it ain't on Yelp. It's not on the, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, it's the things that you can't talk about and the things that we, sh- I shouldn't be asking you this question, but where do I have to go? And it, and as a matter of fact, mm-hmm. it could be a great rum bar. Mm. Right. See, that, that's a curveball. Are you trying to tell me something that's great about Westchester County and White Plains? That you know, I, I would say going to go a half hour south into New York City because there are. Okay, that's fine. You can bars. send me yeah. send, send me uh, you, and it could be in any of your travels. Doesn't have to be in uh, in New York. Like, what's a must stop uh, for yeah. you? Uh, trailer happiness in London. Ooh. Trailer Happiness is the best rum bar uh, that I, you know, I wouldn't say it's the widest selection. It, it may have one of the widest selections of rum. Uh, the owner is a guy named Sly Augustin. Um, and that, you know, if I'm in London, that's sort of my cheers. That's, that's like that. the best rum selection, the nicest people, the greatest bartenders. Um, you know, they, they've had a tough go of it this past year, as have all. Uh, you know, all bars and restaurants, um, they've managed to courageously keep going, um, use some of the downtime to renovate the space. But, you know, in London, trailer happiness is a must visit. You know, that, that's sort of the Mecca of rum in the UK. I would say it. That's cool. Yeah. That sounds like a place. <laughs> a phenomenal bar. Uh, there's, there's great rum bars, Jeff Berry, beach bum Berry, who's, you know, master of tiki and mixed drinks has a place in uh, New Orleans. Uh, there's a bar in Seattle, rumba, um, Martin Kate has a bar called smugglers cove in San Francisco, which is absolutely you know, make a pilgrimage if you're in San Francisco. Mm, mm. Um, great, great spot. I've been he's to making us one. want to get on a plane again, Cal. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, either, either that or I'm thinking uh, we get the uh, just get the get the provost and uh, take the show on the road. There you go. Yeah, we'll do the London edition. Um, that, that's the biggest rum festival that has been. Uh, hopefully, it will be again next year. Mm. But the, uh, the the UK Rum Fest, you get producers from all over the world. Mm. Um, and then now it's Rum Week. So there's different events and bars throughout. Um, sure. Everybody always ends up at Trailer Happiness till you know, all hours of the night. <laughs> there, there is no time to leave. Eric, I, know, I hope we haven't overextended our stay with you, my friend. It's been a pleasure chatting no, with you. I could. 
talk room forever. So you can, you know, feel free to put it in because I would go on for hours. <laughs> well, One of my yeah. favorite topics. I mean, we hey, that's uh, Dan's like shit. You shouldn't have said that because now this guy's no, going to pour. No. He's going to no, pour into the glass. Well, he's got, he's, he's, keep got going. he's got new stuff coming out in the fall. We should get on and uh, yeah, talk about it again. Revisit this. Yeah, absolutely. Let's revisit this when I have the uh, the cheaper Fiji and mm. hopefully when the blend will be out. Yeah. Absolutely, um, and the lady, the new version of the port cask, which will be a year or two younger. We went with some eight-year Foursquare that we put in for another year, so it'll be nine versus uh, eleven. Cool, cool, yeah, awesome. Looking forward to it. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks so well, much for having uh, me on. So, yeah, Eric, where can people find Holmes Key? Uh, mm-hmm. And I know some expressions uh, they may or may not be able to find. It may be aftermarket, but uh, but as far as what's released today, where can they get it? Is there any online or? Uh... Sure, uh, we don't have direct to consumer online, but we're available online through several you know major national retailers. Uh, they're all listed on our website. Okay. Um, if you go to homeskey.com, H O L M E S C A Y dot com slash find hc okay. it lists all of the national retailers uh we're distributed right now in six states uh but with the online we can ship to about 43 44 states now cool. uh, physically you can find us in new york florida california oregon uh colorado and um yeah that's it for right now we're going to be They'll adding find it uh, to homes key dot more com. states yeah. Yeah. It's all oh, Arizona. That's our sixth. I knew there was. So, awesome. um, and right now currently available, um, is the new Jamaica, the Guyana, I uh, the Port Morant. We're just out of Belize. Uh, you can still find some out in retail and, uh, we'll be having more Belize in early 2022. And, uh, we all, we also do a decent number of private barrel picks like the, uh, the Jamaica you have right there. Yeah. So if there are groups that want or stores that would like to do a, a pick, we can generally do a good uh, Jamaica, Belize, Guyana, Barbados. Um, mm-hmm. we, we like doing those. I know. How do we get a hold of one of those? Uh, uh, what did you say? Um, uh, not a port pick. Well, I would do a port pick for sure. Uh, but you've mm-hmm. got a uh, you got a wine pick coming up too, right? Or a wine barrel yeah. coming out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very cool. So. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Perfect. Eric from Holmes Key, thanks so much, sir. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. I'll thanks. say cheers, cheers. and uh, we'll yeah. look forward to uh, doing it again. Oh. Awesome. Thanks again. We look forward to speaking. <laughs>